Good morning. This is Pastor Mike Letterman with ChristLives.org. Today we continue our series of lessons on the final countdown in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. The title of the lesson today is, This is Not Our Home. Let's read from God's Word. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. I'm going to start our lesson today with a story about a four-legged friend of mine. Not a two-legged one, but a four-legged one. Her name was Aaliyah. Aaliyah just wanted to go home. Aaliyah was a young female Belgian Malinois that decided to chase a deer through the woods that surrounded our country home, north of Hendersonville, Tennessee. Again, she was young and still in training. At that time in her life, her foss, or attack, was fast and her ouse was slow. She was very headstrong. I watched her chase that deer through the woods while I chased behind her, screaming at the top of my lungs. Aaliyah was gone. Did Aaliyah know where she was going? No. Her high energy drive and adrenaline that was pumping her at the time knew no bounds. She was focused. She was focused on one thing, the thrill of the chase. I walked through the woods around our home every day. I drove the back rows looking for our missing family member. I screamed from the backyard. I fired a pistol into the ground as Aaliyah was being trained to protect her pack and come home with the sound of a gunshot. There was no sign of her. I talked to neighbors and nobody had seen her. After several days, I had almost given up hope. A week passed. In desperation, I made yet another call to the Sumner County Animal Control. I still remember the conversation like it was yesterday. Did anyone bring in a female, fawn-colored Belgian male, I asked. Does she have white socks on her feet, the animal control officer replied. My heart skipped a beat. Yes, I said. Black on her face with a white star, she asked pointedly. Yes, and a pink collar, I said. The officer was obviously as happy as I was. Yes, she sure does, the officer said triumphantly. They just brought her in. She was hungry and looking for home. She jumped an eight-foot privacy fence and landed in this woman's backyard. She was sitting outside preparing to eat her dinner. Needless to say, your dog got the food. She was starving. You know, I immediately went to animal control and I retrieved my Belgian mouth. She came to me, dragging the animal control officer behind her, dropping huge amounts of fur. Mouths can shed heavy fur under times of distress. Aaliyah jumped on my shoulder and started licking my face. 
She was finished with this terrible ordeal. She wanted to go home, and so do we. You know, there's no telling what Aaliyah went through as she tried to find her way home. I'm sure that danger after danger marked her steps. But when she finally arrived home, she found love, peace, safety, and food. You see, the things that had troubled Aaliyah along the way home could not follow her there. You know, according to God's word, every person who is saved is a pilgrim and a stranger in this world. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. As we make our way through this world, we are headed home. Look at John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. But along the way, there are many elements of this life that trouble us and hinder our progress. Evil bullies like death, disease, discouragement, depression, and the devil make our journey home treacherous and difficult. But when I read a passage like Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8, I'm reminded that every one of the things that trouble us here will not be allowed to follow us home. Like Aaliyah, there will come a day when this journey will be over and we will be safely at home in our Father's house. We will bring in a place of wisdom, safety, and perfection. That's where we will live. And while I travel, I'm troubled. But I want to say to those things that trouble you and myself this morning, you might trouble me here, but you can't follow me home. This world is not home. Now, I know that some of you in the sound of my voice today feel defeated. Some of you may feel discouraged and maybe even disillusioned. I want you to know that what you're going through will end someday and you will be home. The Bible tells us that it will be better then. If you look at Romans chapter 8 verse 18 and 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17. Today I want to take the passage that we read. I want to show you that some of life's bullies will not follow us home to glory. I want to preach on this for a few minutes on this thought. This is not our home. You know, there's no denying that this life is a life of trouble, trials, and tragedies. Every day, we hear accounts of diseases, distresses, discouragement, and deaths. But this is how the Bible said it would be. If you look at Job chapter 14, verse 1, chapter 5, 7, John chapter 16, verse 33, this is how the Bible says it will be here on earth, because earth is not our home. You know, there's isn't a person in the sound of my voice who has come this far in the journey unscathed by the troubles of life. In fact, many, if not all of you, bear the scars of your journey on your heart, in your mind, and sometimes in your body. Many things in your life have not gone as you planned them, and you know what sorrow is. That is the lot of every human being who has ever lived or ever will live on this earth. If you look at verse 4 from the scripture that we read, the trials and tribulations of this life cannot follow us home. When we leave this world, whether it's by the rapture or by the graveyard, there's still some things that cannot go with us. Think about it. In heaven, there will be no more death. In heaven, no one will die and no graves will be dug. Never again will grief-stricken loved ones stand beside the body of a departed loved one. In heaven, there will be no more sorrow. The word here refers to sorrow or grief of any kind. It speaks of all the pains, troubles, and heartaches that we experience in this life. Disappointments, trials, problems, loss of friends and property, death of loved ones, persecutions, our own failures, 
are all in view here. Truly, this life is a life of heartache and sorrow, but not one of the th- these things will trouble us when we go to our new home. In heaven, there will be no more crying. The word here has the idea of an outburst or an outcry. It speaks to those times when we are absolutely overwhelmed and broken by the events of our life. It speaks about those times when we are at the very end of our ropes and we do not know what to do. My brothers and sisters, that will never happen in glory. Life may trouble you here, but it cannot follow you home. This world is not home. In heaven, there will be no more pain. This word refers to labor, toil, or great trouble. It refers to all the diseases, disappointments, and disasters we encounter as we move through this world. Well, the good news is that none of these things will follow us home. This world is not home. There will be no hospitals, no broken homes, no broken hearts, no trials, and no tribulation. None of these things will go with us to glory. In heaven, there will be no more tears. This is the sum of our blessed promised state in heaven. All the things that drive us to weeping and sorrow here will not be found over there. I want you to know this. You may have sorrow here, but will not follow you home. The reason why is this earth is not our home. Satan, you can't follow me home. This earth is not my home. While it is true that much of what happens in this life is just part of living in a sin-cursed world, it's also true that a being called the devil causes the saints of God much grief. Satan's desire is to defeat you and to destroy you. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. And he will stop at nothing to see you fall and to see you fail. His names reveal his nature and his desires toward you and me. He's called, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, he's called the accuser of the brethren. You can also see this in Job chapter 1 verses 9 through 11 and chapter 2 verses 4 through 5. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. In 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8, Satan is called the adversary. In John chapter 8 verse 44, Satan is called the father of all lies. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 11, he's called the devil. In John chapter 8, verse 44 again, he's called the murderer. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, he is called the God of this world. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 3, he's called the tempter. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, he's called the ruler of darkness. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, he's called the serpent. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 19, he's called the wicked one. Satan has many other names, and they all tell us how evil he is. But the saints of God can just call him missing, gone, displaced, no more, done. Someday, because as evil as he is, he cannot follow us home, because this world is not our home. Look at Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. Look at Revelation chapter 21, verse 27. When the devil troubles you while you're here, just remind him, you may trouble me here, but you can't follow me home because this earth is not my home and someday I am leaving this earth to go to heaven.
sin can't follow you. Verse 2 tells us about the city of God, the new Jerusalem. Verses 9 through 11 tells us that this city is the bride of the Lamb. The church is the bride of Christ. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, here the city is associated with the inhabitants. Here the bride of Jesus is pictured as a glorious, spotless, and sinless bride. Look at Revelation chapter 19, verses 7 through 8. This means that one of these days we are going to be changed. This vile flesh will drop away and there will be no more appetite or ability to sin. Let's face it. Everyone in the sound of my voice, even those of us who are saved, have trouble with this flesh that we carry about. This was the experience of Paul. He spoke about Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25, and it is our own experience as well. You see, when the Lord saved us, he saved us from the penalty of sin. John chapter 5, verse 24, and Romans 8, 1. He also saved us from the power of sin. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. We've also been saved from the presence of sin, but that great blessing will not be realized as long as we live in this world because this world is not our home. According to the Bible, there will come a changing day for the saints of God. One glorious day, this flesh with all of its appetites, affections, and allurements will drop away forever. And when that day comes, all the saints of God, will be forever delivered from the presence of sin and will be in bodies that cannot possibly sin. We will be in a body and a land that is free from blight and the temptation of sin. We will finally be free. We'll be free to worship, free to praise, and free to live perfectly for the glory of God. Remind your flesh, you may trouble me here, but you can't follow me home because this earth is not my home. Sinner, you can't follow me. All the things I have told you about today are wonderful, and they are glorious for those who are saved. But there's a sad note to this message. In verse 8, it tells us that those who die in their sins will not be allowed inside that city. That bothers me. But that's the price of refusing to believe on Jesus and to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Notice the fifth word of verse 8. It is the word unbelieving. This word refers to those who are without faith and those without trust in God. It speaks about those who have never been saved through a personal relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said that those who would not believe in him would not be saved. John chapter 8 verse 24. Friends, you have listened as I have tried to preach about heaven, about some of the things that will not follow us to that perfect land. You may have thought, there's a place I too would like to go when I leave this world. I just want you to know that unless you come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, you will never go to heaven. Your works won't save you. Only the belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and accepting him as your Lord and Savior will send you to heaven. You will instead go to hell as in Psalms chapter 9, verse 17, and 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 8 through 9 tell us. You see, it doesn't have to be that way for you. You can be saved, and you can be saved today. You can leave this radio 
as sure for heaven and all its glories if as if you were already there. And if that's what you want, then here's how to get it. Number one, recognize that you are a lost sinner. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 23, if you'd like to write that down. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 23, recognize that you are a lost sinner. Number two, understand that there is a tragic and terrible penalty for your sins. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Isn't Romans a wonderful book of the Bible? You have to understand there's a tragic and a terrible penalty for your sins. Then you have to realize that God loves you. God loves you. And that his son Jesus died a horrible death to save you from your sins. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. God loves you. Jesus died to save you. Number four. Be willing to come before the Lord confessing all this to him. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. Chapter 10 verse 13. Recognize, understand, realize, and be willing to come before the Lord. This is the only plan of salvation that God knows anything about. And it will fit you and make you ready for heaven. Nothing, and I mean nothing else, can or will save your soul. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 12. John chapter 6, verse 14. This is the only plan of salvation that God knows anything about. You know... When I was in seminary, I read a story about a man by the name of Samuel Morrison. Mr. Morrison was a faithful missionary who served about 25 years in Africa. In failing health, Mr. Morrison returned to the United States. Also traveling home on the same ocean liner was President Teddy Roosevelt, who had been in Africa for a three-week hunting expedition. As the large ship pulled into New York Harbor, it looked as if the entire city had come out to welcome the president. Music filled the air. Banners wafted in the wind. Balloons flew to the sky. Flashbulbs were popping, and confetti streamed down like snow. As President Roosevelt stepped into sight, the crowd exploded in applause and cheers. It was truly a reception that was fit for a king. While all the eyes were on the president... Pastor Morrison quietly disembarked and slipped through the crowd. None of the applause was for him, and nobody was there to welcome him home. It bothered him. His heart began to ache, and he prayed, Lord, the president has been in Africa for three weeks, killing animals, and the whole world turns out to welcome him home. I've given 25 years of my life to Africa, serving you, and no one has greeted me or even knows that I'm here. He then felt the gentle touch of God, and he sensed the Spirit say, But my dear child, you are not home yet. What a joyous thought it is to realize that even presidential receptions pale in comparison to the heavenly homecoming that awaits every child of God. You may be troubled by many things today, but if you are saved... Don't worry. We're not home yet. This world is not our home. None of the things that hinder and haunt us here can follow us home. Do you need to talk to the Lord about some of the pressures and problems in your life? Do you need to talk to Him about your relationship with Him? Maybe you're struggling because you're not living as close to Him as you should. 
Think about it. I'll give this prayer of invitation. Think about it. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, as I pray before every sermon, you impressed on my heart that there are still many in the sound of my voice that have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father, I ask you to please impress on their heart that if they accept Christ right now, today, they don't have to live in fear of the things of this world or the things they have done. None of these things will follow them to the grave. Father, please speak to their heart. Father, I know there are those that have been saved by faith, but they've fallen away. Maybe they're not living a Christian life. Father, I urge you to touch their heart so they can be restored to you. Father, I love you, and I thank you for your son Jesus. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. If you made a decision today, I would like to know about it. Please send an email to ministry at christlives.org or visit our website at www.christ-lives.org and hit the contact page. My listeners, thank you for your time and attention today. God bless you. Amen.